the scriptures I will read to you tonight will show you that what God intends to do with the nation family and with those who he has given us is he actually intends to create the greatest force and solution hub known to man. Tonight or today as we were praying or as we prayed, I realized that the next phase of soul winning, the next phase of engaging for some of us will be to create some of the greatest employment hubs, whether that be in logistics or recruitment or media entertainment so out of us don't be surprised if you see different kind of churches begin to spring up don't be surprised if you see an entertainment church spring up don't be surprised if you see a finance church spring up because right now we are very well poised to engage in the battle for lives. This battle for lives means that, first of all, number one, the engine of the nation family will always be, first of all, and will have to remain prayer. But aside from that, we will begin to we will begin to dress ourselves up in the places where human exists more. So I was telling someone that if you do music, you don't do it to make profit, even though you will make profit. You do it to win souls. Because remember that the first major capital of the world, the first major capital of any system is not finance, it's people. This is the first major capital that you would receive in any system. So without people, funny enough, money is valueless. It is actually people that is the first major capital that anybody will receive in the world. So what the devil wanted to stop you from doing is to from, from advancing in the capital that he knows pays people most. Because remember, I, I actually not even remember because I begin to discover that there is a market that both God and Satan are involved in. On this market, this market actually has exchange. Lives are being traded on this market on a daily basis, but God now sees a family that he can rely on and trust in to go and trade in that market. Remember every time somebody releases a tune, sometimes someone releases an album, they are tilting the mindset and the ideology of a young man or a young woman and if those who stand 
for the Lord Jesus are not in those places of endeavor, then guess what happened? God is not trading with lives. What he has is a church that is gathered and become a sect. But God does not need a sect. He actually needs men and women that are willing to engage in every spare of endeavor so that people that so that lives can be raised and the kingdom can advance because wherever there are people, that is where that is where the most capital will be. So I was having a conversation with some people and I was saying to them that before we what we now call um, pounds, dollars, all kinds of things, what we had was butter, right? What you would do is you would, <laughs> I love this, what you would do is you would have, you could have wheat, right? You can have wheat and you can go and trade wheat for a cow according to what the according to the value that the person you were trading with actually put on that person so i'm coming somewhere today because i see what god did with our lives god traded our lives early because traded our lives early because at the time when we looked like nothing satan was willing to give us up there was a time when it looked like some of us were in the hand of Satan. And it looked like Satan was going to be in control of this life for the rest of our days. But what God did early was he began to trade us. He began to say, I want Sam. So that he can take Sam and turn Sam into what he needs to be so that Whatever happens to other lives out there will be because God got Sam early. God got Sam when he looked like nothing. The same way God got Amanda when she looked like nothing. So people tell us that God did not trade or does not trade. First of all, I have to first of all ask you a question. The reason why God would give Jesus is because he is of value. So, therefore, we must first of all understand that the master trader is actually God. But God does not trade in silver and gold because they are His. They actually trades in human lives. So, the Bible tells us, and if we start from that scripture today, John chapter 3, verse 16. A very popular scripture and we know this scripture off by heart. If I ask you to quote it right now, you're able to quote it, but I'm not going to ask you to quote it. I'm going to ask you first of all to read it with me. John chapter 3 verse 16 It's not where I'm going, but I'm actually going to start there tonight because you need to understand that first of all, if God was going to get the world, he's going to have to exchange Christ. God wanted to, he wanted to gain a system, he wanted to gain human life, so he had to give Christ in exchange. The greatest trade that would ever be sp spoken about and that we would ever witness was the trade of Christ for the world. For God so loved, have you got it? For God so loved the world mm. that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him Shall not perish. Wherever there is love, there will be trade. I hope you hear me tonight. 
Wherever there is love, there will be trade. Because for God so loved that he gave, he gave, he had to trade Jesus for what? The world. Read that scripture again. For God so loved the world uh -huh. that he gave his one and only son. Uh -huh. that he... So now he began to speak because he had two sons. The first son he had was actually Adam. But beginning of time, Adam fell because remember the first group, the first hope God had in the earth, he actually placed it in Adam. He actually hid glory in Adam for Adam to advance and begin to take over territories of the earth. But Adam failed. So when Adam failed, he lost the son and the only son he had remaining was Christ. But in order for him to gain back what he wanted to use, he had to trade that son. It wasn't like God sat in heaven and said to, to, to Jesus, Oh, as you go, when you go, um, don't worry, just play, play your part. And then when you die, um, yeah, you'll just rise. No, 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 no. God traded him. It was an exhibition of faith. But he said, for God so loved the world that he did what? He gave his one and only son uh -huh. that whoever believes in him uh -huh. shall not perish but have eternal life. So God gave his son. He traded his son for lives, but he actually traded his son so that whoever believed in what he traded, what he gave to the world as a, as a source of hope, what he gave to the world as a source of, 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 of glory, what he gave to the world, whoever believed in that thing would not perish. The first thing is, I can't go down because of what I believe in. I was beginning to talk to people and I said to them that actually, I hope you know that nations are formed on belief systems. In fact, some nations experience poverty because of what they believe. Where some nations developed, some nations prayed. Some believed in the development of their people and the advancement of their people, the investment in education and all of those kind of things. Some others believed in prayer. When they experienced bad governance, they prayed about it instead of systematically working to change it. There are, there are nations that were formed based on what they believe. That's why some nations will tell you that they have founding fathers. It's because what they believe, it is the constitution that some nations experience today are based on what people believe. It is actually belief systems that actually raise nations. So many times when you see God say, whosoever should believe in Christ, he's actually talking to a nation. So it is exclusive but inclusive. He's actually talking to a select few people, but he's also talking to everybody. Whosoever believes in Christ, whosoever believes in him shall not perish. They will not go down. They will not experience the, the experiences of the normal man. They will not experiences, experience the grievance of the natural man because they believe in something different. And that belief system will shape their whole life. So I realized what God did is he traded Christ in order to gain nations. So now I'm beginning to take us systematically through something because I actually want to teach you about the soul winning mentality that you need to take on because wherever there are going to be souls, you also will have to trade, but you won't trade if there's not love. 
So I understand that the, nine, the actual foundation of love is trade. If we start recruitment and do recruitment and, and go, go, go big in it, if our businesses like logistics begin to take over the world, it is because it, it is actually got a foundation of love. We don't trade because we're looking for money. We trade because we're looking, to, we're looking for lives. So I didn't start a company because I'm actually looking to make so much profit. No, I'm looking for the real capital, human beings. I hope you know that there are big institutions today. Listen to this. There are big institutions today, right? These institutions have made millions and millions of pounds. But so now what they look for are key individuals that can bring them more people. It is like these companies are at the mercies of people who have people. So, in all your money, you still didn't know how to gather people. Because gathering people is not by hiding behind the computer. It is actually trading your life for their life. So, Sam could have wanted to become whatever he wanted to become, but there had to be a trade because what God actually does is that God looks for men who he can trade for lives. Listen to this. So let me start with the real scripture that I want to go to today, which is 2 Timothy chapter 4. In this 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul begins to talk to his protege, Timothy. And the Bible actually, if your Bible is like mine, it begins to say to him, this is my final charge to you, Timothy. In all that we have begun to talk about, this is where I'm actually going to leave my conversation with you because now it is your turn to take on the button that I first held. It is your turn. And many times when people push to a global mission, that means that there is space for more protégés to rise and take on the baton that was, that was held by, by, by men who treated their life. So he says in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Okay, you've got the scriptures, so I'll allow you to read actually. In the presence of God mm. and of Christ Jesus, yeah. who will judge the living and the dead, mm -hmm. and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, yeah. I give you this. I charge. think we're gonna read a bit further, I mean a bit back. So you can go to you can go to 2 Corinthians uh, no 2 Timothy chapter 3. From verse 10. Yeah. No, from verse 3, verse 16, to start with. All scripture uh -huh. is God-breathed uh -huh. and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. These were the scriptures that we were trained in, day in, day in, day out. Even to a point where we had to do memory verse um, challenge on this thing, when Pastor Mark was was um, <laughs> was the one that used to drive us in um, order of service group, you would be asked to do um, memory verses. All scripture is God breathed. It is useful for teaching, correction, rebuke, and instruction. So that the man of God can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. My question to you, when you talk about giving, giving is a work. So in order for me to be thoroughly equipped, to be financially equipped, 
there are there are scriptures that have been breathed on that can actually bring to me equipment that I need to be thoroughly equipped. So everybody's mission is different. Some people have a mission into the music world to go and win souls there. But in order to be thoroughly equipped, it says all scriptures are God-breathed and useful. So have you ever met a useless man before? Have you ever met, you can't use him for anything. You want him to do this, it's like he makes a mistake when he does this. Or you want him to do that and he makes a mistake when he does that. You cannot entrust anything to him and that's what you call useless. But when the Bible or the men of God spoke about scriptures, he said these scriptures are God-breathed and they are useful. Give it to me in the message version. And they are useful. They are first of all useful for teaching. That's what I'm doing tonight. I'm sitting in front of you and I'm talking to you about the word of God. They are useful for teaching, but they are also useful for correction. They are also useful for instruction so that the man of God. This is Paul talking to his protege Timothy and trying to teach Timothy how to take the world. Because he doesn't just want you to take your family and be the best in your family. He wants to give you a city and teach you how to take it. It was through these scriptures that we were trained that we saw a PT take London by storm. But all of these scriptures that we've, have you found the message verses? Let me allow you to read the message verse. There is nothing like the written word of God. There is nothing, guys. This is our family code. This is our legacy. And why am I bringing this up more now? Because I know there is a revival that is about to take place when it comes to soul winning. And I first of all have to bring up the fact that there is nothing like the written word of God. This written word of God was the navigator. In the times when you cannot see what your future will be and the times when you cannot plan for tomorrow and the times when you do not have resources for tomorrow, this written word of God is the navigator. It is the navigation system that begins to navigate you through dark and light times. It is the written word of God and scriptures are quick to say there is nothing like it. I'm sorry, but somebody's back balance, I don't care if they are a billionaire, their back balance is nothing like it because let me tell you what happens to billionaires. They cannot shape lives the way the word in the mouth of a, of a, of a master cross men can shape lives. Ask some of the major billionaires to come to the hood and try and shape lives. Go for it. There is nothing like the written word of God mm. for showing you the way to salvation mm. through faith in Christ Jesus. Mm. Every part of scripture is God-breathed yeah. and useful one way or another mm. showing us truth Exposing our rebellion, mm. correcting our mistakes, yeah. training us to live God's way. Mm -hmm. Through the word, we are put together mm. and shaped up for the tasks God has for us. Yeah. Then continue now into the four. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, yeah. who will judge the living and the dead, yeah. and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, mm. I give you this charge. Yeah. Preach the word. So remember I said to you, 
Paul was talking to his protege, Timothy. And he almost was like he was bringing Timothy to account. Read it again. He said, in the presence of God. In the presence of God and, and of Christ Jesus. And of Christ Jesus. Yeah. Who will judge the living and the dead. Who will judge the living and the dead. Almost like Timothy was about to enter into a court session. The judge, the ultimate judge, God, and Christ Jesus. Then he said, you will judge the living and the dead. What did he say after that? And in view of his appearing and his kingdom, mm -hmm. I give you this charge. I give you this charge. So if you, before we even go into what the charge was, we first of all have to recognize that the everything that Timothy was about to be charged was actually based on the fact that Paul was going to sort of do a handover and he was going to say to Timothy now that in the presence of God, in the presence of Christ Jesus and in view of everything that is, is consistent today, I give you this charge. What was the first charge? Preach the word. He said preach the word. Let me tell you something. When you hear preach the word, you think about what I'm doing now. And that's not actually what preaching the word is. Preaching the word is living a life that speaks more volumes. Because I hope you don't know, I hope you know you don't need to speak in order to be heard. You don't need to actually speak in order to be heard. There are things that are word that are not even they're not talking, but they speak. How do I know this? The blood of Abel speaks better things than the than the than the offering of or than the no the blood of Jesus speaks better things than the blood of Abel. So what does that mean? That there are things that no longer have mouth but still speak. So he said, preach the word, the ability to mobilize. Mobilize people. So if I see a WOTC in the world, that is a preaching of the word. It is the ability to preach the word and imagine that Paul is about to hand over a baton. He's charging Timothy and the first thing he says to him is preach the word. Number one tool for ultimate soul winner is the ability, the craftsmanship of being able to preach the word. So I turned to one of the young men and I said, you see music, right? It is a form of preaching. But most times what happens to people is when they conform to the system of the world, they will now try to do music on the side of, oh, I need to do this, I need to have this, I need to have this. No, guy, you're there to win souls. So he says to T Timothy, number one thing, preach the word. Number two. Be prepared in season you know, I was saying to someone, uh, oh no, I wasn't saying, I was saying it, I was just saying that be prepared in season. Number one, it's easy to be prepared in season. So then, number two, there's out of season. Out of season, I was saying to them that out of season is when people will say things like, we're all periscoped out, we're all prayed out, out of season. But I love what Paul says to Timothy. I have to use this because there's something that Paul said that really gets to me in this. He says, I'm in season, out of season. But I'm saying, look, I'm always in season. I said, for the last 10 years, as PT was preaching the word, I'm, I'm behind him. 
learning the craftsmanship of preaching the word, speaking to people, counsel after counsel, getting it wrong, getting it right, lifting, exalting in the word, correcting in the word, rebuking in the word, um, raising people in the word, praying for souls, in season, out of season, imperfection, out of perfection, whatever it may be, but we're always preaching that one word. It was the word that we preached that began to work as an engine. And it's very important for me to mention this to you because it's most times people try to figure out A to B. They try to figure out, okay, if I plan the next five years, this is where I want to be in the next five years. All we had was the charge, preach the word. So we started certain families. Right, we started the elite family, we started the connect family, we started the post family, we started the power base family, we started the COD family, and all we started with was the instrument called the word. Remember that at the time when we started these families, the mobilization was about 25 pounds a week for mission. But all we had was the instrument of the word, and people would give their coins. And they're, and they're £2.50 and they're this and they're that. And we will begin to preach the word and preach the word under the instruction of PT. So PT would then begin to teach and what he taught, we would then go and repeat it in our families. And when we did that, what would happen over time is that there would be a cycle that happens. And so all of a sudden, the people that were once weak in battle were becoming stronger. But because in season and out of season, when there was people and when there wasn't people, it was just the preaching of the word. Preach the word. In season. Out of season. Be prepared. Yeah. Amplified. Amplified. Go for it. Preach the word as an official messenger. Uh. Be, be ready when the time is right. Yeah. And even when it is not. So he said, preach the word as an official messenger. So I was saying the reason why I think that most people sometimes get caught up in, in the affairs of church rather than the affairs of God is because they, they never just, they never see themselves as an official messenger to carry the message that they've received all life long. That's why people can be in a setting for about three, four years and they can still be the baby or the person that never actually began to achieve what God had in mind for them because they never actually were ready as an official messenger. You know, whether I was, I was allowed or I wasn't allowed, I saw myself as an official messenger of this word and I was going to fire on whether I knew I was doing wrong or I was doing right. I was going to fire on as an official messenger of the message that I received. So what is the number one tool of soul winning? Official messengers. When, when you see yourself as a messenger, it will shape how you carry yourself. So carry the word as an official messenger. So I came here determined to tell you because look at this now. One of the major things that the world is suffering from, and you want to know what it is, it's loneliness. Why do many people make mistakes? Why do many ladies make mistakes with guys? They're just lonely. They just get, all of a sudden, they just think, oh, I'm lonely today. But that's not for, that's not for us to criticize. That's for us to know. And then guess what? To know the word. By the time you meet a soul, 
that you know you can spot this person's uh, behavior or actions adds up to the thing called loneliness, you're able to speak the word that will begin to transfer that soul because most times you've been winning souls when there was no opposition. Now, in the face of opposition, you're able to spot the instrument in the hand of hell that is keeping that soul down. That's why the scripture says you've got to carry the word as an official messenger because the official messengers are the true soul winners. So if I meet a young man and he pops into my Snapchat and says to me that, hey, I was watching you yesterday and I at the beginning I didn't no, I didn't, I wasn't interested, but as you began to speak, I realized that you're actually an inspiration. Guess what he's actually just saying? There was a word for him in season. Many times people want to go into certain territories and try to take it, but they don't have the word in season. They don't have the word for the people that are looking for the word. So what happens? So he says, carry the word in season and out of season, yeah? Be ready when uh, the time is right. Yeah. And even when it is not. Okay. Keep your sense of urgency, yeah. whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable. Look at that nation family. Keep your sense of urgency. Keep your sense of urgency, whether the, the um, situation seems favorable or unfavorable. It says there's a sense of urgency. You know when revival grips your heart, there's an urgency. That you know that there are souls, nations to be taken and it is an urgency. I, yesterday I recounted the cities we took in order to tell you the same way we're going to take nations. So all that Timothy needs in order to take the cities and the nations that he sent to is all he needs is the instrument called the word. As long as he walks in with the word, the life-shaping tool as an official messenger. So when people ask me for my job description, all I know in my heart is I can tell you whatever, but I'm an official messenger. So behind my companies are a message. Behind my actions, there's a message. If I'm out in a Rolls Royce today, or I'm out in a Range Rover, or I'm out in a Lambo, there's a message behind it. So nobody can, nobody can regulate how the message is preached. Be ready in season and out of season. So if I'm on public periscope today, it's just to tell you that, oh my, what God is trying to raise now are messengers. So if I've got my five souls, said, I've never heard a message like this before until you arrived. I've got my five souls. I'm raising them. I'm speaking the message to them. What is the message? The message is that in you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Well, we're not going to go there tonight. So then he says, what after that? Whether convenient mm -hmm. or inconvenient. I love this, you know, because many times when you get into certain systems and circles, you realize that people do things based on convenience. But Paul was quick to warn Timothy that the way we've come this far, the PT was quick to warn Sam. P.T. was quick to warn Pastor Dami. P.T. was quick to warn Pastor Onyeka Obi that the way we came this far was whether convenient or no, inconvenient. Whether, on the, whether an influencer or uninfluenced. Whether there is traction or there is no traction. Continue to preach the word. Do you know I realize that my power is just being able to sit in front of you, turn on the periscope and begin to preach the word. Those who are given will come. It is as simple as that. Just continue to preach the word. Whether they like you or they don't like you, preach the word. Many times you want to evangelize when it's convenient, right? But when it's not convenient, evangelize. Preach the word. 
So my job in the next few weeks is just to stir you to make sure that number one, you hit your five. So why is peace I'm so much on this five? Why is he on this five? Don't I see a revolution stirring now. I see it stirring. So I'm no longer just going to speak to the Connect family. I'm going to turn on my public scope and those who are called and are given will come. Said, whether convenient or inconvenient. Whether welcome or unwelcome. <laughs> Did you hear that? He said, whether welcome or unwelcome. I hope you are hearing what I'm saying tonight. Said whether welcome or unwelcome. You know, sometimes I see people, they're just so timid. Yes, ah, we're not really welcome here. I don't really want to speak about Spat Nation. Yeah. I'm saying to you, look, 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 look. Whether welcome or unwelcome, Paul would have to step into territories where this message will not be welcome. In fact, it will be not welcome so much so that they're going to have to try and kill him because of the message that he's preaching. But Paul is going to set up schools just to teach the word. He's going to go into Asia and set up the school of Tyrannus and teach the word. Whether welcome or unwelcome, he's going to have to be hiding out some days just because he's trying to get a new message across to a nation. Whether welcome or unwelcome. I love scriptures because scriptures teach us of the kind of framework it takes to be a soul winner. Scriptures teach us of the kind of makeup and the combination that you need in order to be a true soul winner. In order to be somebody that can go into a territory, that can go into a market and control that market. Whether views or no views, just preach the word. What is the word? If I talk to a demon and I say, go and make music and win souls. Go and preach the word in the form of music and win souls. Guess what I'm saying to you? Whether welcome or unwelcome, whether people like what you're saying or not, go and win those souls there. Go and inspire people for the, for the sake of mission. Don't sit down and say, well, people are not really responding well. Da, 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 da. No, 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 no. You are called to be a soul winner, whether welcome or unwelcome, whether resistance or no resistance. Read on. Correct those who are in doctrine or behavior. Uh -huh. Warn those who sin. Mm -hmm. Exhort and encourage those who are growing towards spiritual maturity. Yeah. With inexhaustible patience and faithful teaching. Mm -hmm. For the time will come yeah. when people will not tolerate sound doctrine mm -hmm. and accurate instruction yeah. that challenges them with God's truth. Mm -hmm but wanting to have their ears tickled with something pleasing, Go on. they will accumulate for themselves many teachers, one after another, chosen to satisfy their own desires and to support the errors they hold. So, tell me what it is today. When you look around, when you look at the current state of what we would call the church, would you say that you can see hope there? Would you say that you can see a sense of mission amongst people to know that our lives must be traded for other lives? I'm still coming there. But he said they set up teachers for themselves. 
These teachers will teach people how to acquire. You know when we used to go to church, lift your hands up and claim it, claim it, claim it, claim your husband. People are lifting their hands up to claim husband. As in I claim it, I claim it. They're catching husband, you know. Some people quote the husband, but they didn't know that they quote a devil. <laughs> they caught, they, they, God saw, <laughs> not God, Satan saw that they were claiming so much. He said, I'll give you something, but it won't be a husband, it'll be a devil. Imagine being in church, raising your hands, saying, all oh, the singles, all oh, the singles, raise your hands now. God is giving you, God is giving you war. He said, they set up teachers. So now in, 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 in certain places you'll see, oh, a class for the singles. How to manage yourself while single. Thinking what? No, you should be able to manage yourself while double. <laughs> they set up teachers for themselves. They set up teachers according to the problems that they thought they had. But the problems they thought they had were not problems at all because they were not called. They were not called to worry about when they will marry. In fact, there's so much worry on your parents about that side already that you don't even have to worry about that because there's a full-time warrior for you on that side. You were not set up to worry about when will you marry or when will you have a good life even though God will give you good life. But you were not set up to worry about that. What you were set up to think about was to do the work of him who sent you. That's why I had to start with the being thoroughly equipped to do every good work. Because when you look into scriptures, the only thing that God actually refers to are the people that he has set aside to send them on mission. I'm still coming somewhere. So you look at these scriptures and you, un you understand what Paul was saying to Timothy. If you take it back to the NIV version and we read more, you're going to understand that Paul was giving his final charge to Timothy and he said to him that some will set up teachers for themselves, some will do this and that and the other, but you, Timothy, you are called to mission. You are called to win souls and save lives. Go for it. But you, mm. keep your head in all situations. I love it. So he says to him, Timothy, keep your head. You know, it's so easy for people to lose their head. And when people lose their head, they're going to call you to tell you why you should lose yours. So, bro, this is going on. No finances. No this. No that. Da -da 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 -da. Nah, we should do it this way. But... Paul says to Timothy that if he had to tell Timothy to keep his head, it's because there will be a thousand reasons why he should lose it. There will be a thousand reasons. But he said in Timothy, in all situations, keep your head. Stable man. Stable men. Stable women. Focused on mission. Never taking their eye off soul winning. Because inside of soul winning is the future that they claim to be looking for. It is always inside of the things that they claim 
inside of the things that God had set for us as assignments. So he said, Timothy, keep your head in all situations, yes? Endure hardship. Uh -huh. Do the work of an evangelist. Yeah. <laughs> so he said, number two, endure hardship. So in the seasons where they didn't look like there was much resources or in the seasons where it doesn't look like there's much resources, what we actually do is that we keep our head and we learn to endure. Endurance, the thing about endurance is that you don't look like you're going through hardship. And the fact that you're enduring is that nobody can actually tell that it's hard times. You know, some people, they like to wear hard times on their face. So uh, this one is going through hard times because they're wearing it. Pe <laughs> Unfortunately, Paul was not talking to Timothy to tell him to, to wear hard times. He said, endure it. The ability to overcome hard times, the ability to be durable, meaning that you can soak it in like a sponge, but you're still thriving, you're still focused. He said, endure hardships and then do what? Do the work of an evangelist. Okay, so now we're getting to where the meat, the meat and the grittiness of it. He said, do the work of an evangelist. Do the work of a soul winner. He said, don't rely on people beside you to do that work. Timothy, you do the work of an evangelist. But now let's round this up because I've just seen that I've got 10 more minutes. Go for it. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Uh -huh. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering. So look at this. Did you see what Paul just said there? I am already being poured out like a drink offering. So when I was saying to you that in order for someone to win nations, there must be a trade. What the trade actually is, is my life as an offering. Until I offer my life. And one of the things that I must tell you about offerings, right? Listen to this, listen to this very carefully because I know you wish you could do this sometimes. Is when you give an offering, can you get it back? I know some of you, you say, I try. If I could just get that, um, that one that I sold in um, um, April back. But he said, I am already being poured out like a drink offering. So he says to us tonight that actually in order to be, what it is to actually mean for my life to be traded is for me to be poured out as an offering. Nation family, the next step of, of, of heaven, the next step of heaven or the next step of heavens is to say to us, can you pour yourself out as offerings now? And yes, before we've given offerings and offerings have given offerings, but now it is time to pour ourselves out to another level of offerings. And many times when you pour yourself out as a sacrifice, you cannot take that sacrifice back. You can't take it back. You can't look back because what Jesus began to tell them is that he said to them, woe to the man who puts his hand to the plow and he looks back. So he says, when you put your hand to the plow as an offering, you must remain an offering. Offering up your body. Offering up yourself to, to mission. That is what God continues to tell us. And many times that... That is why when you can be in London today, you can be somewhere else tomorrow because as far as you're concerned, you're just an offering for God. You don't have a life that you're trying to live. You're just God's offering. So what is God calling us to raise now? Offerings. 
And that's not money, that's lives. It's easy to offer. Now, So I look at my surroundings sometimes and say, okay, what are the things that implicate me that stop me from being the offering that God needs me to be? Because many times what happens to people is that they consume themselves with the opinions of mother, father, um, um, friend, family member, whatever they have around them, they consume themselves with those opinions and that actually stops them from being the offering that God needs them to be. And what happens is God cannot trade them on the market for lives. So if I enter into a nation, God knows he has an offering in that nation. He, has, he knows that he has someone he can offer because for God so loved the world that he offered Christ to the world because he knew that Christ was of value in order to offer him. So now he's looking for bodies in which he can offer to the world so that he can win the world. But without, what actually happens is that you will just see people Gathering again together to do church. I don't want to do church, ladies and gentlemen. I want to be God's offer. So for me, I look at this and I say to you, if we're going to trade on God's market, it's because offerings will rise. You don't think about offerings, right? They cannot determine where they are sown. They cannot determine that. So this is how I wanted my life to be, but it went this way. No, 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 no. I am God's offering. The minute I stepped in and I heard the word, I offered myself to the word so that the word can navigate and take me wherever he wants me to go. I am God's offering. So for me and for you tonight, I came and I've stuck to my hour. I came to remind us. I came to charge us. After every principle, I would just say this. Right now we're on a challenge. The challenge will be five people. I am God's offering. Yes, ma'am. There's five souls out there waiting for you to win them. Thank you, man. There's five souls out there waiting for you to win them. And nobody is exempt from this challenge. Nobody is exempt from this call. Imagine 300 soldiers strategically searching for souls. And we've already been given the mandate of the kind of souls that to search for. So it's not the kind of souls of, of, anyway, you know what it is. I'm not going to do that on public. You know what kind of souls we are called to search for. So everybody getting on, number one, number one engine of winning souls is prayer. We're on a souls and seed rampage. That is the revival that is taking place in the nations right now. I believe so much in the core of this house 
And I know each one of you believes so much in the call of this house. But the next challenge, the next step now, is everybody taking on the formation of generals, going out there and reaching the unreached, not sitting in the comfortability or the comfort of, of nation life. I'm not called to be comfortable, I'm called to be an offering. I don't think you just heard what I said. I'm called to be an offering. I was telling the guys earlier, if you sow a seed in the ground, if a farmer goes to the ground and sows a seed, he doesn't look, he doesn't water the seed directly, he waters an area because once the seed hits the ground, he doesn't even know where it's located anymore. That's why family members can't find Sam again. He sold himself. That's why family members should not be able to find you unless they join you on the mission field because you are too busy sowing yourself for God's mission. You're too busy raising the standard for Christ. He said, I'm mentioning Christ a lot now because I, I, I want you to know that now the next step is for you to go and raise soldiers. You are the Christ that people will meet. You are God's offering. So the challenge is five. Five souls. Five souls. How do you engage with those five souls at the, at the moment? Because of course you can't bring five souls to church. Because there's no church and I don't know when there'll be church. You bring those five souls, you start to engage them into our services. So people have been sending me messages telling me about this person they've got to listen, that person they've got to listen to the service, this, that, and the other. But for me, this evening has just been in charge. And that's what I read from the scriptures, Paul to Timothy. It's just been in charge to talk to you and say to you guys, this is our first and primary mission, souls and seed the two capitals that exist in this world, people and finance. With this charge, I need you to now get rid of every way, you know, there are ways that hold people, they say, oh, I'm going through this, I'm going through that. Try this, for, try winning, becoming a soul winner. Just week after week, becoming a soul winner. Guess what happens? You won't even see when you you started translating. Translating. You won't see it. It will just be happening. We didn't see when we became whatever people call us today. I don't even know what that is. We didn't see it. We were too busy preaching the word. I was still too busy preaching the word to see it. So I was asked a question in the interview. I was asked, I would say, um, how do you feel when people people um, um, talk about their disappointments towards you or this, that, and the other? I, I can't lie. I don't see it. Because there are many, there are many people that express their disappointments. There are many people expressing their appointment, whatever that means. 
So I don't see the disappointment. I just see the family. 